Hey, peeps, please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the family. All right, so now that that's out of the way, let's get into this. What is going on, crypto family? So we're doing another live stream. It's been, you know, I think this is the third or fourth one we've done in six months. So it is great to be able to hang out with the fam and bring on some new fam. And we've got uh, Sean, the man behind SGD, SGT Report with us, man. So it's a, a pleasure to have you on and to hear your story. And for people that, you know, are maybe from my side of things that haven't, you know, maybe you've been introduced to you, maybe if you can, just take like a, a minute and just kind of explain to people who you are, how you got in the space and all that kind of great stuff. Well, thanks for having me on, Robert, man. I mean, first, thank you for having me on, really, because there's a lot of channels that uh, I've known over the years, people I've had on my show as guests, people that still have viable channels, some with larger audiences and some with, you know, not huge audiences. But uh, most of those folks have not reached out to me to say, hey, come on, come on my show and, uh, you know, let's talk about what YouTube did to you. And I think it's because people are in hunker down mode, man. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I don't literally mean this, but I kind of mean it. I think a lot of people are like, oh, man, that sucks. But, you know, better him than me. So I'm not going there. I don't want YouTube, you know, coming after me. And uh, that's where we're at. That's where we're at in our society now. That, uh, you know, big tech tyrants um, and the tyrants specifically who run these companies, tyrants like Sundar Pichai at Google and uh, Susan Wojcicki at YouTube and uh, Jack Conti over at Patreon. They're digitally assassinating U.S. citizens now, man. I mean, Jack what with, I built. Jack with Twitter, man. Jack with Twitter. Well, and unfortunately, I'm still on Twitter. But, you know, YouTube on October 15th, without warning and without cause, digitally assassinated me. They purged my two channels, one with 640,000 subs and the other one with 107,000 subs, my backup channel. And they terminated both channels without warning. Both channels were in good standing. They had no strikes, no community guideline strikes. So we feel firmly that this is in complete violation of their own terms of service. And by the way, guys, this is called uh, YouTube Purge 3.0 because they took down many, 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 many channels, similar channels, news channels. Uh, and here's the, uh, here's the notice I got. So imagine this. You know, you build something over 10 years. You're a YouTube partner in good standing for... Uh, 10 years. I mean, I guess I've had my channel up for 11 years. So I was a YouTube partner for 10 years. Uh, that meant I could get advertising. But, you know, about, I don't remember, three to six months ago, they totally demonetized me and said, your channel is now lo no longer eligible for any advertising because we've determined your content is harmful. I'm like, harmful to who? I mean, because people who turn in, you know, tune in for my stuff like it. So if my audience gives me 97, 98% likes, then who exactly is my content harmful to? But this is what I woke up to on October 15th. We'd like to inform you that due to repeated or severe violations of our community guidelines, your YouTube account SGT report has been suspended. They go on to say that you can no longer have any YouTube channels. You believe that, man? So theoretically, I can't go and create a new email and launch a new YouTube channel and start over. Welcome to the CCP. It's a digital assassination. And if you guys don't know this, let me do another screen share because people need to understand who's behind all this. Um, there are some uh, powerful enemies 
aligned against those of us that were purged on October 15th. Powerful enemies, people I've talked about, people that you guys will recognize, like Media Matters for America, the David Brock organization, uh, a political organization that has uh, enjoyed certainly more than $1 million in donations from George Soros. I don't know what the number is, but I know for uh, certain he at one point donated $1 million to Media Matters. Do you think I have any people? Like, Well, I did. I had patrons. I had 1,430 patrons who valued my content enough that after I could no longer get advertising on YouTube because they keep changing their rules in the middle of the game, I had patrons who stepped up to keep me in the fight for truth, Robert. And then Jack Conti over uh, the Patreon CEO, he terminates me and 13 other channel crea- uh, uh, account owners on Patreon on October 22nd as a result of this hit piece from Media Matters once again. Patreon is profiting from QAnon. At least 14 creators are monetizing the violence-linked conspiracy theory, and Patreon is taking a cut too. Get that subtitle there, that subline. Violence-linked conspiracy theory. I think that's libelous. Because first of all, I don't think there's anything about the Q drops that are violence-inducing or violence-linked. And I know for, from my point of view, from me specifically in my channels, Robert, I've never once, never, ever, not once called for any violence whatsoever. I can take you through this article if you guys are interested. But uh, this uh, horrific article by uh, Olivia Little... Um, is a hit piece against Red Pill 78, against me over at SGT Report, against Praying Medic, against Patriots Soapbox, against And We Know, which was a remarkably good channel, uh, against In The Matrix, against this channel I'm not familiar with, um, against Patriot News, this channel, not I'm not familiar with all of them, Red Pill Project, uh, Sean Morgan, who I don't know, Woke Societies, who you just had on, Truth and Art TV, Citizens Investigative Report. Think about that. Citizens Investigative Report. Digitally assassinated thanks to David Brock and the hit team, the mercenaries, the evil Democrat. I I don't have enough adjectives that are negative to describe these people, but these are digital assassinations at the hands of Media Matters, YouTube, Vimeo, by the way, deplatformed me three, three, four weeks ago, Patreon, and MailChimp. Did you hear about MailChimp? Yeah, they, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that um, that you're referring to right now, a lot of this stuff, you know, this this kind of happened in the crypto community as well. I'm not sure if, you know, you follow that at all. But, um, you know, they removed my channel back in, uh, I think it was November, December of last year or something like that. They took down like 100 videos, put back like 80 of them, something like that. And so, yeah, I've definitely seen this in action. Um, you know, this is very. I don't, I don't think it's any coincidence that this all happened on the same day that Hunter Biden, um, you know, his laptop, you know, the New York Post article, all that stuff came out. It was seeming like they were trying to suppress any of this information going out to people. So it's it's extremely unfortunate, you know, what has happened. Um, people like yourself, people of basically, it doesn't matter, um, you know, if you're Republican, Democrat, conservative, libertarian, it doesn't matter who you are, you should be able to get your voice out, especially when you're when nobody's, you know, calling for any kind of, you know, hate or calling for any kind of violence. It's, you know, it's, it's disgusting, the level of censorship that they've kind of just, you know, 
you know, just crush people with, right? Especially when they're not doing anything wrong other than just maybe talking politics and pointing to articles and facts. And uh, it's it's really a it's, it's a shame what's happened. It's uh, something you would expect to see out of like Nazi Germany or something you'd expect to see out of the CCP, something you would expect to see out of China. And uh, when you look at a lot of these companies that are attacking you and others, um, well, who do you think funds them? Where do you think they get a lot of their money? It's from China. So, you know, it's it's really sad what's happening here. And I really hope that after the election, you know, Trump and, um, you know, a whole bunch of other people with them are going to be able to, you know, maybe rectify this. I think you guys are all going to get your channels back. I think it's just a matter of time. But uh, obviously something needs to be done about this because we can't, you can't be in fear of just telling the truth. And just like you said, you've got a lot of friends out there and they're scared to bring you on because they're afraid this is going to happen to them. And I think right now this is the most important time um, in our lives. And I think everybody needs to, you know, sacrifice a little bit, even if it means getting your socials deleted. I mean, like I said, we've had it happen before. We're no stranger to it, but we're definitely not going to be silenced. We're definitely not going to be scared of these people, especially when all we're doing is just, you know, just talking. You know, it's just a conversation saying, hey, look, you know, have you guys seen this? Have you heard about this? You know, what they're saying may not be true. And here's why. So it's important that uh, you've got a voice. And I know you're on other platforms right now, but none of them have the ease and convenience of, say, YouTube, for instance. So for people that do want to hear you right now, um, where where can they go, um, you know, that where you haven't been kicked off yet? Well, yeah, thanks. I, um, I would say if people want to try to support me and my little team, um, and I do have a little team, me and uh, a buddy in the UK, we post constantly at sgtreport.com every day, real news, you know, the stuff you're not going to find at CNN. Um, and then my webmaster. But uh, yeah, you know, with Patreon taking away my lifeline, which was my patrons, after YouTube took away my advertising, um, that was a really, really painful, bitter pill. So fortunately, about a month or two ago, maybe two months ago, we launched sgtreport.tv just in case something like this happened. So it's got its own dedicated server. And everything I create now goes up on sgtreport.tv, and that includes at least one weekly exclusive. Like, I'm going to post one right now. It's uploading as we speak, and it's a new roundtable with my friend Corey from Corey's Digs and uh, Frank from Quite Frankly. So that's going up right now. So if people want to support, you know, the work in lieu of, you know, the big tech tyrants literally trying to um, economically destroy us, those that they've deplatformed, uh, head over to sgtreport.tv. I would be uh, in your debt. I'd be very grateful. And it's three ninety nine a month because now we have to pay for the server, right? Whereas YouTube, you upload everything for free and they house it for free. There's actually costs to that. But um, in lieu of that, for those who can't afford to pitch in, uh, I'm on BitChute. And the channel's grown pretty quickly, Robert. It's at 51,000 subscribers now. So that is probably the most viable other platform that I've got going. It's BitChute slash SGT Report, and I put up everything there except for the weekly exclusives. And I also started uh, posting over at Odyssey, that's O-D-Y-S-E-E, -E, and on Rumble. So right now, that's about it. And, you know, I had a Steemit presence for a long time, and I think DTube, that's related to Steemit, isn't it? Uh, DTube? Um Yes, I, I believe it so. Was, right? it, it's yeah. a blockchain deal anyway. Yeah, yeah I can't. I, I hate Steemit. So <laughs> I don't. I, I gave up on Steemit as well. It's I loved it for a long time. Pile of crap, man. I especially threw the people in the towel. Yeah, I threw in the towel when I saw that uh, 
there was a uh, little cabal of people getting rich on Steam it, and nobody yeah, else. Yeah, that's, uh, that's for another. That's for another video, man. But uh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, you're a crypto guy. Maybe we should talk about that sometime. But yeah, I, I should <laughs> probably try to get on D Live. But anyway, right now it's uh, sgtreport.tv, um, BitChute, Odyssey, and Rumble. So nice. oh, and iTunes. Actually, I do put up everything on uh, iTunes um, as a podcast. Uh, not the exclusives, but so, you know, 90, 95% of everything else is on iTunes. And the name of that channel is um, the Corporate, what is it? Corporate Propaganda Antidote. But I think if you just search SGT Report, you'll find it. Um, but the yeah. cool thing about SGTReport.tv is that if you're into watching uh, via Apple TV or Roku, you can do that. So it's really a channel now on those platforms, too. So it's really kind of cool how we have that set up. But, uh, yeah, man, it's pretty... Um, it's pretty isolating and lonely and, you know, heart-wrenching when big media tyrannical companies literally burn down your storefront after 10 years. You know, I've been saying that YouTube is digital Antifa now. I mean, that's how they're behaving when they do something like this. And um, it's pretty disgusting because, you know, what recourse does the little guy have? I mean, we're trying to take them to court. I shouldn't say that. We are taking them to court, actually. The hearing is tomorrow as we're having this conversation, Robert. Monday, November 2nd at 9 a.m. Pacific, um, 11 a.m. Central. Google and their attorneys, uh, the Google attorneys and our attorneys, we have two attorneys, will be in court in a uh, district court in California in front of a judge, and she will hear this case. And the cool part is it's open to the public. So our attorneys are saying, hey, the more people that tune in for this thing and are there live, the better, because it'll send a strong message to the judge that there's huge public interest in cases like this one or this case in, you know, specifically, because they took down uh, X-22 report too, man. They took down his, he's one of the biggest in the space. You know, there's not too many bigger than X-22 report in this sort of alt news space. I mean, there's Next News Network with Gary Franchi and there's Mark Dice. And I mean, there's a few, but X-22, man, with two, he, more than a million subscribers they purged. And his accounts were in good standing. So we're taking these bastards to court tomorrow. And the attorney says the more people on that call live listening in, the better, because the judge will be able to see, you know, and if there's several thousand people, that'll have an impact. Now, it's not going to sway her decision. She's going to decide what she decides on, you know, the merits of the case and her experience as a judge. But if we all show up tomorrow and listen in, that's a, just a great way to support us. Those of you listening now, just a terrific way to support us, just moral support. Um, and uh, if we get shot down tomorrow, then my understanding is the plan is to appeal. Yeah. Try to take it to the Ninth Circuit. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the channels, the sizes of all of you guys combined it outweighs a lot of the traditional media. A lot of stuff that people are watching on TV, they they essentially took out the competition by, you know, deleting your guys' accounts because you guys had more views, you guys have, you know, more followers, everything than a lot of these mainstream, you know, media companies. And so they basically just purged, you know, any kind of alternative voice to whatever their CCP narrative is, right? And so when you guys are going to be there in court tomorrow and, and the judge sees the following that you all have, you know, the level of interest this case is going to have, 
I mean, she's going to, she or he is going to have to see right away, you know, that, hey, wait a minute, this is, this is more than just uh, some, some YouTuber, some kid in front of a TV, you know, streaming, you know, streaming video games or something like that. This is something real. And uh, I think that's really going to show up tomorrow. And, and um, you know, DM me all your, your links um, after this, you know, for where people can, you know, find you, where people can donate, the link for the actual Zoom call or for, you know, for the, the court case tomorrow. And uh, we'll make sure that we put that in the pinned comments so everybody can be there tomorrow as well. You know, I'll be there. I'll be there supporting. And uh, yeah, people, they, they need to know what's going on. And we need to rectify this. I mean, this needs this can't happen anymore. And so I'm, I'm uh, hoping that Trump and, you know, his team are, are going to fix things like this going forward because he's everything that he's ever alluded to, everything that he's kind of said between the lines of sorts, he's always done. I don't know if people notice that or not, but about Trump, whenever he kind of you know, suggests something like something needs to be done about these tech giants, that means he's already working on it. That means something's coming, but he's not going to do it before the election to think to make people think that he's trying to sway the election in his way. And I really think that he's going to you know, come in like a wrecking ball to a lot of these uh, news organizations and these social media platforms and kind of bust these things up a little bit. Uh, obviously, YouTube isn't going to go anywhere, but maybe the structure that it's in will. Maybe they'll be held accountable so things like this don't happen again. And I really feel that you guys will get your channels back, but I really feel this was a targeted, uh, you know, targeted, targeted, you know, like assassination, right? Right as that Hunter Biden story came out. And, um, you know, it's I'm pretty sure that uh, once, uh, once you guys get to court and once, um, even if it goes through the appeal process or ends up at the Supreme Court or wherever it ends up going, you know, the best disinfectant is sunlight, and there's going to be a lot of light on this. And um, you know, people are going to—they're going to hear the truth. And I think something's going to have to be done, and something will be done about it. But um, what do you think about as far as Tuesday? You know, you've—I um, I never watch mainstream media, um, but I have lots of you know fr friends and family that do, and I tell them not to, but they still do. And they're really worried about uh, Tuesday. They're worried about um, you know all these states that are given, like California, they're given 17 days to count votes, or North Carolina, uh, they're given you know longer periods of time. Same thing with like Pennsylvania. Um, and normally, you would only do that if. It's for fraud, right? Because the Constitution is very clear that, you know, on Election Day, that's, there shall be, you know, somebody picked and there'll be a winner. On Election Day, these, these 17 days, these nine days, these seven days, these extensions that people are doing, um, that's only usually for fraud, right? It's like we know how many votes were down, so now we need to go grab a whole bunch of ballots or whatever, um, you know, mark them for Biden and then send them in. I mean, I mean, we've seen the rallies, right? I mean, we've seen um, the thousands of people, you know, showing up, um, you know, in their vehicles, like shutting down New York today or, you know, showing up in Pennsylvania, like 58,000 strong, you know, surrounding the Biden bus, you know, escorting them safely, you know? <laughs> You've seen the Biden rallies, you know, it can't drive flies, you know? Um, right. You know, it's... It's it's crazy what's going on here. What's what's some of your thoughts, man? What do you what do you tell the people that are that are still worried and, and are wondering what's going on? Well, I say don't worry. I mean, we can't change whatever the outcome is, or maybe we can. Maybe you know, if they literally steal it and we can prove that they've stolen it, then uh, maybe there are things that can be done. But if you take a look at all of this rally excitement, man, like look at this line of people waiting to go see the president in North Carolina and. Uh, yeah, I was really amused too. You mentioned that uh, you mentioned that uh, the sort of the caravan of the um, and look at this one. Yep, ninety-six miles. Yeah, good I mean, Come on, man, this is historic. <laughs> There's no way Biden's going to be able to steal this. There's no way. And you know, I, I've been making the point that um, if you look at his ridiculous, there you can't call them rallies. If you look where he, when he shows up anywhere, funerals. To, 
to babble. Yeah, because <laughs> they're not speeches. He just babbles and usually, you know, misidentifies. Like today, I think he was in Florida and he said, uh, hello, Minnesota. I mean, the guy's in He was in Minnesota and I think they had a Florida banner in the back. It oh, is that said, it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was <laughs> in Minnesota and even his team had a Florida so backdrop and he said Florida. His entire campaign staff is incompetent. Well, look, I mean, I just think that, you know, what's going to happen on Tuesday for those who haven't already gone in and voted early, uh, is there is going to be a tsunami of people showing up to vote for Trump. And I've just been making the point, if people aren't willing to go and see Biden speak when he shows up in their state, and people aren't. I mean, he's just getting handfuls of people, right? Or maybe he's getting, you know, five dozen trucks. Staffers. Those are staffers and security. <laughs> I think so too, man. And I'm just, I'm making the point that if they won't show up to see the man speak, why would they bother going out to vote? Sure. I mean, it's just sort of my feeling on it. And obviously you can see the passion, you know, on the side for the president. Just the red wave of absolute passion for this guy. Um, and there's more video here. Yeah, here's the video of uh, this yeah. was great, I thought. <laughs> Two great. Trump 2020 make America great again flags, 1095. Six, gallon, six gallons of gas, 1374. Escorting Joe Biden and Kamala Harris out of Texas. Priceless. <laughs> it turns out they weren't on that bus. Uh, that was their campaign staff. Uh, but did you see the zero hedge uh, item today? Or no, it was from CNN. FBI looking into yeah. the harassment of the Biden campaign staff. You know, I'm like, oh, give me a break. The FBI should have its hands full with Hunter Biden's laptop. You would sure think so, right? I mean, between, you know, the Clinton emails, between, you know, the, the Bidens, you would sure think that they would have their hands full for sure. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, you know, what was great, though, too, is I don't know if you saw, but it got caught on, uh, on video where the bus is actually running red lights. You would sure think that, um, I don't know, that's some kind of like, offense, right? There should, that should be a ticket or I mean something. Well, evid evidently, <laughs> evidently the campaign staff on the bus were really scared. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> they were actually <laughs> frightened, which I think is just hilarious because where are we seeing the violence? See, and that's, that gets me back to the Q thing that really pisses me off with the Media Matters hit piece. Implying that Q is somehow violence re related is so outrageous and libelous. I said to our attorneys the other day, I was on a call and I said, can we please also sue Media Matters? Because this is libelous to infer, to imply that uh, any of us that reported on Q drops are somehow violence linked is libel. That's a lie. That's a, that's a written lie and misrepresentation of the truth. It's libel. If they said it, if they spoke it, that would be slander. So they libeled us. And the response from the attorneys is we're very well aware of what they've done and we may, we may expand this lawsuit. Not May. So, you got to. You're looking yeah, like a Sandman with a CNN. Music ears, man. Media matters. And get, yeah. you know, and here's the thing. Do you know what all of the channels, the YouTube channels, had in common that got purged on the 15th? <laughs> Media matters would say it was Q, but do you know what the truth is? They weren't all Q channels. Sarah Westall didn't have a channel devoted to Q. I spoke about Q drops on occasion, but not every single video. Plus, I interviewed book authors and all sorts of interesting people from different walks of life and never mentioned Q at all. What we all had in common is that we all hate pedophilia. We want to expose pedophilia and the plight of child sex trafficking. All of the channels had that in common. 
That's, that sounds and, sounds pretty admirable, right? Even when you saw, you know, Savannah, that uh, demon that was uh, trying to do like that interview with uh, Trump, you know, she's, you see the look in her face when she's like, you know, deny Q, you know, deny them. And he's like, I hear that they don't like pedophiles. And, you know, um, yeah. I, I support, you know, <laughs> I support, yeah. you know, the, uh, the arrest of pedophiles. I just wonder why he didn't say to her, he's like, well, you think that's okay? You think it's a good thing? Like, um, you support that stuff? So it's, it's, what I, what I would just like to point out out too and again so the Q thing and the Q drops are interesting even more now to me because of this concerted effort by the mainstream media which has been peddling hit pieces about Q and QAnon and calling it a cult and calling it violence linked and calling it linked to white supremacy and all of this is nonsense it's all lies we're all patriots all we want to do is take our country back. We want rule of law. We would like to see deep state traitors arrested for their crimes. We would like to see child sex trafficking ended. And so what I think is fascinating is to watch the whore mockingbird mainstream media circle the wagons to try to discredit, disparage, and uh, impugn the reputations of those that have ever reported about Q drops. And then Media Matters gets on board in Media Matters, I guess, founder or head of or whatever his role is, David Brock, was once married to or in a partnership, was a couple with James Alephantis of Comet Ping Pong. Are we starting to see the big picture here, friends? I mean, give me a break. And so because of the hit piece, the ideologically driven political hit piece by the mercenary at Media Matters for America, Olivia little 14 of us lost our lifelines to our patrons because jack conti over at patreon is such a world-class pussy that he couldn't say no we're not going to delete people because of their political speech he took media matters marching orders so i would love to sue jack conti and patreon too but unfortunately their terms of ingre- uh, their terms of service only allow for um, arbitration which, you know, I had thought Owen Benjamin was getting somewhere with them in his arbitration. My uh, understanding was he was getting somewhere. But uh, I don't know. I don't have any more updates on that. And I reached out to Owen after my channel was uh, purged, and uh, he didn't get back to me with any information at all. So that's kind of too bad. But, uh, you know, yeah, Patreon, they can do whatever they want. You can't sue them. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, usually with arbitration clauses and things like that, depending on how they're written, and I haven't looked at Patreons, normally there's um, you know a clause if you can't uh, settle, then you can actually take it to court. So I don't know if that clause is in there, but I know in a lot of a lot of our contracts, you know, I own some of the largest construction service companies in California and real estate companies in Nevada and software companies and. Normally in those contracts they have, you know, first it starts off in arbitration, but if you can't reach a settlement there, then you could take it, you know, to a court. So it might be something worth looking into. It sounds like your attorneys maybe did, but if you, you, you obviously just wouldn't settle if you're not happy with the terms in arbitration. Usually, you know, I mean, unless it's just such a, a damning contract where it just doesn't give you any out. I mean, there's usually some loophole to end up in a courtroom if a settlement can't be reached through arbitration, especially in California. So... Right. Well, get this. So when uh, my attorney helped craft my appeal to Patreon, this is how evil they are. We crafted a pretty good appeal pointing out the fact that uh, we would like to see exactly what content they say violated their terms of service. But in addition to that, we pointed out that because of YouTube's purge on October 15th, all of my content had been wiped. 
from Patreon. So if they want to say that I have content on their platform on the 22nd that violates their new terms of service that they implemented on the morning of the 22nd, which is what they did, then clearly they're wrong in my case because all of my stuff was no longer on Patreon. It had all been purged by YouTube because the only way you can put video content up on Patreon is to embed using Vimeo or embed using YouTube. Well, Vimeo banned me a month ago. By the way, you know who sits on the board of the company that owns Vimeo? Um, I would Barry Diller's corporation, Chelsea Clinton. I was just going to say, it's probably somebody aligned with the Clintons. <laughs> so you're right. You're it's right, just unbelievable, yeah. man. So, so then we filed the appeal with Patreon, pointing this out to them. And I get an immediate response saying, please submit a new project to us for our review because your recent project violated our terms of service. See, again, they're not being specific about anything. So I took a day and I was thinking about what I would do. I thought I would make a, because I cover precious metals constantly. I talk to people, interview you know, CEOs of com companies. And I thought, well, I'll do a precious metals update. That's totally legit. It's yeah. kind of content within my wheelhouse I do. And while I was preparing to make that video, the next day I got another email from them saying, actually, it's going to be a couple of months you're going to have to just continue doing your projects wherever you post, and then we will, you can resubmit for a review in two, in like very loose, like a couple of months, two to three months. So they're completely criminal, and they just change the rules as they go. Could you imagine like a UFC fight where you got uh, these two heavyweights, everybody's really looking forward to the fight, and then about halfway through it starts getting interesting, and they say, no, now you, you got to fight on your knees, and you, you can just do whatever you want. It's kind of like what they're doing. They're just kind of changing the rules of the fight while the fight's going on. Yeah, right. And, uh, well, yeah, and they're doing it for the fighters they don't like. Sure. Okay? Because for, for the fighters that they do like. Sure. Oh, full advertising, no problem. Red carpet, algorithms, full support for you. Your videos absolutely will be recommended. Because, you know, keep in mind, these guys uh, changed their algorithms. They publicly announced they were YouTube was changing their algorithms to filter out what they call misinformation in January of 2019. So we were winning the battle in the town square for the hearts and minds of people, of citizens, trying to take back our country. And they didn't like it. Right, Because the mainstream media won't be honest with people. So citizen journalists had to get into the fight. And I've been at this for 10 years. And by the way, I do have a degree in journalism. And so they changed their algorithms to start to bury our content. And we still were doing an okay job. We were still surviving. We're still getting the truth out. So then they had to do this. Just flip a switch and get rid of us altogether. Because, you know, if I've said this to my wife a million times. If I was pro-abortion, pro-open borders... You know, AOC fan, Hillary Clinton fan, Joe Biden fan. Do you think I'd have had a day's link. worth of problem? I'd be sponsored all day long. Of course, nobody would watch my content. <laughs> It'd be like but I'd get Biden. full advertising. Yeah, I'd be like the Young Turks, man. Yeah. I'd be propped up. I'd be like a dead dinosaur being propped up by YouTube. Yeah. A weekend at Biden's, you know, said a weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, that's. <laughs> so you do a bunch of other things, huh? You're into construction and stuff. Yeah. So, uh, so this, my kid and I, um, well, we created this channel back uh, about three years ago. I've been in crypto since about 2011. Guy named Max Kaiser opened my eyes to, to Bitcoin back then. And so my family and friends, they were asking me all the time about crypto, about blockchain, uh, a lot about Bitcoin. And so around 2017, I think it was right around Christmas Eve or somewhere around there, um, I did a video telling people to be very careful with Bitcoin and be very careful with uh, crypto in general because I felt that it could go to zero, be very careful. 
but I was teaching them, you know, you know how to uh, kind of like safely send, store, receive cryptocurrency. Created a wallet called Monarch. Um, you know, we did it, did a whole bunch of stuff in the crypto space. We still do a bunch of stuff in the crypto space. But um, before that, you know, we had a software company and we created applications for like the United States Post Office and big companies like that. Um, also have a construction service company, one of the biggest in California. So we have a crap ton of um, employees. We have one of the, the largest real estate uh, holding companies in uh, in Nevada. Um, I don't know. We do a lot of stuff. We do a lot of stuff for sure. But uh, anyways, this this channel just came to be me and my son. We just did this for friends and family and it kind of took off. And then people were asking us you know, more about uh, entrepreneurship because I wrote a book back in like 2009, 2010, something like that. Like, here's what you do. A lot of my family and friends were asking me then to, you know, how to, how to generate wealth, how to, you know, basically not have to worry about living paycheck to paycheck. So we wrote a book explaining, you know, how to make money, talked a lot about gold and silver and things like that, um, you know, how to make money and save it and, and grow it, obviously, things like that, not having to live pay to, paycheck to paycheck. So people started asking us more and more questions rather than about blockchain and Bitcoin. I noticed in the live chat, they were asking us more about entrepreneurship and how to make money and keep it and save it and grow it and all that kind of stuff. So the channel kind of morphed a little bit from not just you know, blockchain and, and crypto into some self-help a little bit. And then, of course, seeing what's going on right now with, um, you know, this this terrible censorship, the truth needs to be out. I've been uh, supporting people in politics uh, for many years, put a lot of people in office, kept good people in office. This year, I've been supporting a crap ton of patriots that are going up against people like Maxine Waters and others, um, even Trump. I'm one of his largest, you know, individual supporters. And um, so anyways, I'm trying to help any way that I can uh, keep America going great. One of my great, great, great uncles is Benjamin Franklin. He helped, you know, draft and write the Constitution. So it's, right? it's in my That's blood. It's in my blood, baby. I'm I'm here to do whatever part I can to just kind of help people. God's been great to us. So I try to give back any way that we can. That's awesome, man. I didn't know that about you. That's really cool. Well, I appreciate you and I admire what you're doing because like I said, there's a lot of people, man. Look, I made a conscious decision a long time ago because I really got into this. And I, I say this a lot and then I go, well, I guess that's not true. Because if you look at my first two videos, <laughs> they featured Paul Craig Roberts and I was ripping the deep state a new one. Uh, but look, I mean, I really cut my teeth to a large degree on YouTube talking about precious metals, honest money, the Federal Reserve, gold and silver, uh, the death of the dollar, how to prepare for what's coming, you know interviewed people like Mike Maloney, Peter Schiff, and I, I realized early on if I stayed in that wheelhouse, I would be safe. And I didn't stay in that wheelhouse, uh, you know, and probably, well, I don't know, you know, probably, I don't even know probably, you can't say probably what I should have done is had two different channels, because I have two channels, and they took them both down anyway. Yeah. What so, you got to do know, is be able to look at yourself in the morning in the mirror and be okay with the guy you see, so. Well, and that's what I said about this lawsuit. You know, I've had this discussion now with some people that I'm like, look, there were dozens and dozens of channels purged on, on the 15th. Not just 15, but only 15 people were willing to step into the ring and put their lives on the line to take on Google. Because a lot of people are shit scared of Google. They don't want to deal with this. They're like, well, I'm going to just, I'll start a new channel or whatever. So 15 of us are plaintiffs in this thing. And yeah, that's kind of scary because Google, look... They don't have any qualms about digitally assassinating people. So, you know, one shudders to think where this might go if President Trump isn't reelected on the second, uh, on the third, um, on Tuesday. But I think he will be. 100%. And I think big tech is going to have their hands tied. They're going to be in a lot of trouble moving forward. And by the way, the other reason I signed up for this lawsuit is because, to your point, I, you know, I've said this to people, I couldn't sleep at night. I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I didn't because it was – 
a clear-cut opportunity, and we had it in black and white from the attorney, that uh, there will be no out-of-pocket costs for the plaintiffs because we're going to crowdfund this whole thing. It's all going to be done through donations. So fingers crossed, if we need to do an appeal, people will continue to kick in to support that effort. Um, But, you know, once that was – because, look, when they take away your YouTube advertising and they take away your patrons and they take away every opportunity you have to earn money doing this – it's hard to fight with How the money. can you possibly sign on and say, yes, I will also pay for a lawsuit with an attorney that costs 500 bucks an hour? Sure. No, I don't think so. So, but yeah, there's um, a lot of folks who we reached out to to join the uh, lawsuit. Um, and the more, the better um, that were purged on, on October 15th. But uh, there's only 15 of us on the lawsuit. But um, It's a rather big 15, though, with a, a very big following. And if everybody chips yeah, it was in almost, a few bucks. Yeah, almost a billion, billion video views. Yeah. Almost a billion video views were purged on the 15th. Yeah. When you DM me all the links, make sure you also put the crowdfunding link there, too. So for people that want to help help you in the fight, you know, of course, I'll help, too. Make sure that uh, you put that link in there so people can contribute and kind of help, uh, you know, with the legal bills. Because this is more than just about, you know, Sean at SGT or David X22 or Zach at Red Pill or, or Woke Societies. It's more than just about all of you. It's, it's about everybody. Because if they can do this to you, they can do it to anybody. You know what I mean? Right. So this That's is something right. that we all need to combat and kind of join hands and, you know, and, and take this uh, digital fight on together because we got to make sure that, uh, you know, our voices stay, you know, free and um, our First Amendment is protected. And um, the only way you can really do that, it seems like now, is in court. And uh, even that doesn't work all the time. I mean, look at CNN. You know, they lost that huge lawsuit, but guess what? They're still right back at it. So um, I think Trump is going to win in, in the largest landslide the, the history of this country has ever seen. And I think he's going to start taking a wrecking ball to some of these platforms and these these institutions. And um, yeah, I can't I can't wait to see that happen. But um, I think there's going to be a little bit of pain um, between you know now and then before that day comes. Yeah, and let me say something because you're right, and uh, I've been making this point. This lawsuit is not just about these 15 channels. Look, here's what the strategy was. The reason we're getting to, into court fast on this, and the lawyer has said, look, if this if they had purged you a week before, we would have been in so much better shape because the, the argument is uh, because YouTube did this in an act of obvious collusion to channels in good standing all on the same day, pretty much at the same time, right before the election, three weeks before the election, the argument is it's an emergency injunction to get the channels reinstated because otherwise irreparable harm will have been done if the election comes and goes because people who rely on those channels that were purged no longer have access to that information. Now, that may sound silly because people might say, well, you can go to Fox News, you can go to some other channel on YouTube. But just to people understand, according to a Pew Research study, there, it's a large, large number of Americans that now avoid the mainstream media and do go to YouTube and other platforms to get their news. So the emergency injunction calls for them to reinstate the channels. That's what tomorrow's hearing's about. And unfortunately, it's just a day before the election. But the bigger picture is that this is a Section 230 case because big tech has been hiding behind the language of Section 230. And I'm going to quote something here in a second, but just so people understand, uh, Section 230 is very, very, um, it's a, it's a peak area of interest right now for the Supreme court. And they are looking for, they want a Section 230 case. 
So this may get to the Supreme Court if we need to continue to appeal. And they're looking for a case just like this one. So just so people understand, the big tech media giants have been terminating anything they don't like and hiding behind Section 230. And Section 230 was created to generally get this, prevent child porn or pornography in general from appearing on the internet. So internet providers could remove those things without being sued. That's pretty much all it protected them from doing. But now they hide behind it. But the language in Section 230 is they can delete anything that's obscene, lewd, lascivious, filthy, excessively violent, or otherwise objectionable. So what does big tech hide behind? That last part, otherwise objectionable, which is what? Speech they don't like, political speech they don't like. And uh, here's the good news. Remember I said if we have to appeal, we're going to go to the Ninth Circuit? Yep. Well, the Ninth Circuit, because President Trump is in office, has been tipped. And it used to be the most liberal circuit, liberal court in the land. Now it's conservative. It's tipped conservative. And the Ninth Circuit in a recent case said, otherwise objectionable is not a catch-all. It has to be alike or of the same kind, meaning of the same kind. Yep. Obscene, lewd, lascivious, filthy, excessively violent. That's not what political speech is, right? So, I mean, we do have a big door, a big open garage door to drive through with this case. And look, I mean, I don't know what the judge is going to say, but the good news is the Supreme Court wants a Section 230 case. So I'm proud to be a part of this. No, 100%. This is definitely one that they can really sink their teeth into because the just the visibility that you're all going to have on this between you know your families and all the subscribers and everybody that's used to watching you, they're going to be you know showing up. You know, some will show up in person, some are you know going to show up you know digitally. Uh, this is going to get a lot of exposure. But one of the biggest things that I think this is, on top of the crazy CCP censorship, which is basically anything that they don't approve of, you know, anything that goes against their narrative, they just silence people, put the old pillow over their heads so to speak. You know, that's what they've been doing here. But I look at this more as um, election interference as well, because you can't get this content on Fox. Yeah, you've got Tucker that does a pretty good job, but he doesn't go deep, you know, into, you know, a lot of the stuff that you all cover. So this Although is Although really- in his defense, man, in his defense, lately, honestly, I've been for quite a while, I've been saying, this sounds like me. I mean, if I had his show, these are the things I'd be talking about. I mean, especially, uh, you know, the way he's going after uh, Biden criminality, Biden crimes and Hunter Biden. I mean, nobody else in the mainstream media is doing what Tucker's doing. Nobody. Sure. He's the only one. I got you. Yeah. But again, you know, as, as great as he is for what he's doing in the mainstream on Fox, he still doesn't cover everything that you and Dave does. And yeah, so well, they won't talk guys, about 9-11. Sure. They won't talk about, vac- you know, generally yeah. vaccines being harmful. I call them chemical weapons delivery systems. Believe me, that's gotten me in trouble. You think Merck likes that? You think Pfizer likes that? Sure. I mean, you know, here's the problem, too. They damage your kids with this shit. And uh, sorry, uh, they damage your kids with their vaccines. And then the mainstream media covers up for them. And you get to have a damaged kid for the rest of your life. It's it's actually worse than that, though. I mean, even if you you find out that your kid was you know harmed by a vaccine, you actually end up when you go to sue the pharmaceutical company, you end up suing the Department of Health, that is actually then defended by the Department of Justice. So you end up having to sue the Department of Justice. That's who you're fighting, just for the health of your child. And they got a cap on it. it's like two hundred thousand dollars. And this thing's paid out, you know, hundreds of millions, billions of dollars. So you know that there's something going on there, and it's all these these pharmaceutical companies, these vaccine creators, you know, they went, you know, to Reagan back, I think it was Reagan. And, um, you know, they said, hey, look, we can't uh, survive all these lawsuits. 
So we need some protection. Yeah. So they created that that uh, committee there. And um, yeah, basically anybody that's uh, harmed by a vaccine, they end up having to go up against the Department of Justice with a $200,000 cap. It's uh, pretty horrible. So hopefully uh, that'll change in the future too, I hope, as more and more people become aware of this. Uh, it's just not really talked about on the mainstream. And that's why your guys' channels and just this alternative point of view that can actually back everything I just set up and everything you just said. In fact, you can back everything up. They don't want that uh, heard. And that's, uh, that's a shame. So I think it's election interference. I think it's, um, you know, um, a straight attack on our First Amendment. Um, I think it just goes to silence any narrative that they don't agree with. And it's horrible and something has to be done. And so I'm really looking forward to Monday for you all. And, of course, I'm going to support, help uh, any way that I can. I mean, I know that uh, everybody here, all the fam here in the live chat, I know they're going to help too. And um, everybody else, you know, I'm sure that um, you guys uh, will be able to get the the links out, you know, through all your other channels and through all your other platforms. And I think it's going to – I mean, it could crash Zoom. I think it could be so big, it could end up crashing Zoom. And people are going to have to take notice. You know, this may not be on ABC or NBC or CNN, but – People are going to start hearing about this stuff, and if it ends up going to the Ninth, the ninth Circuit Court, and it very may, you know, may well go there, or even the Supreme Court, I think at the end it's going to be a big victory, and I think everybody's um, going to be better for it, even though it sucks right now. Yeah, I mean, I agree, and I've just been saying, you know, if not now, when? If not us, who? I mean, look, everybody's been saying for a long time, especially in the you know, alt-media space, they're like, yeah, you know, not everybody. I get mostly kind comments under all my videos once, you know, when I had a YouTube channel. But I mean, people, some people would be like, you know, enough talk. We want action. Right. Or, you know, you lay out all of the problems wonderfully. Now provide some solutions. And I would bring people on that would provide solutions, you know, from their point of view. Um, but this is definitely a viable solution. This is actionable. This is real, right? Somebody's got to sue Google and, you know. Up to this point, nobody's really been able to kind of figure out how to do it or if they had a uh, door open to really even have a chance. And I think we have a pretty good chance. We're going to find out. I think the uh, judge is, um, has Democrat roots, I think is my understanding. But, you know, I mean, this is a hot topic right now. It's a hot to topic on Capitol Hill. Um, it's a hot topic across the country with patriots like you. And, you know, it's... We're going to, I think we're going to learn a lot on Monday. I think we're going to learn a lot. And um, Google's going to argue that, uh, you know, um, some of the people, some of the plaintiffs have uh, um, harassed or caused damage to, or, you know, whatever their language will be regarding people like, um, oh, I don't know, for instance, um, John Podesta, who Andrew Breitbart famously called in February of 2011 in that tweet, a world-class underage sex slave op cover upper defending unspeakable drags. Well, I've said that many times in my video, uh, but I was, co I was quoting uh, Andrew Breitbart. So it'll be interesting to see what they say um, about, you know, how they try to defend these public figures, be they presidents or pizza shop owners or, uh, you know, friends of pizza shop owners. Yeah. And California, you know, is is very blue. I just wonder how much of it is actually voted in because when, when you're looking at all this election fraud that's happening in pretty much every state, whether you look at Travis County, Texas, with 750,000 fraudulent ballots with the Biden campaign, with the Biden campaign manager or staffer or whoever he was, when you when you look at the 126,000, you know, votes that were accepted in Travis County via just drive up, drop off ballots, whether you look at, you know, half a million 
million ballots without Trump's name on it. When you look at um, Ilhar Omar and you look at her ballot harvesting, when you look at O'Keefe with Project Veritas exposing all these different uh, cities and counties and at all different levels of, of um, you know, of structure, whether it's, you know, as high up as, you know, a presidential candidate, whether it's a, a mayor or city council or something like that, you see that there's these people that um, have their entire careers built off of, um, you know, charging money to get whatever outcome that person wants uh, via fixing the votes. And when you look in California, you know, these people, they've been there for decades and decades and decades and people hate them. And it's like, why are they still there? It's like nobody's voting for these people. There must be something to this. And I really think that um, I've said for a long time, second term, they burn. I think that's when Trump is going to not have to worry about running for re-election and he's going to start really trying to combat a lot of this voter fraud, stuff like 230, stuff like, you know, draining the swamp. He just didn't realize it was quite so wide and <laughs> quite so deep. But um, what, I'm, what I'm getting at with California is, you know, it's, it's a lot of blue. But when you talk to people, for the most part, I would say about 80 percent of people are, are pretty like-minded. You know, they don't want to live under, you know, a Nazi regime or a CCP rule. They're, you know, they're pretty much, you know, you know borderline constitutionalists for the most part. And then you got 20 percent that are kind of, you know, the Bernie types and stuff like that. But there's no way they should be running California. And especially when you look at, uh, you know, our, our school system, our court system, having these types of people influencing our children and our laws, when it's, it's quite possible these people were, you know, either A, they're not elected leaders making, um, you know, basically making policy for us, which I don't think is right. Or a lot of these people, I think, were put in there fraudulently. And so it's going to be interesting to see um, if we're able to start getting the, you know, the, the voter... I don't know, the whole voter system fixed because I think it's got a ton of issues and I think Trump is doing a pretty good job of explaining that through all these mail-in ballots. People like O'Keefe are showing it. And so when you look at California, you look at the judge that you're going before, you know, even if you don't have the outcome you want there, hopefully like you said in the ninth court where it seems to be a little bit more conservative, maybe people will be more leaning towards the Constitution versus the, you know, the, the Nazi regime or, or the CCP, you know, <laughs> you know type, uh, type policies. So um, I'm holding out hope, you know, definitely in the ninth court for you. Um, you know, we got Newsom, you know, he's uh, being sued, I think, I think up in Sutter County. Uh, I think he had his court date on the 21st, if I remember right. There was some patriots that took him to court about all his, you know, draconian measures that he's been doing to the citizens of California. So um, California is definitely one to watch, especially when they've got 17 days um, after the election to count votes. So that really hurts, you know, buddies of mine like Joe, who's going up against Maxine, like Tony. Yeah, that's unbelievable. That's just unbelievable. 17 days? Yeah. Yeah. There's I mean, such criminals in that state. Dude, they're you know just what he, such criminals. And there's so many patriots in, you know, all over, but Northern California. And they're subject to these tyrants in that freaking state. Yeah, Gavin Newsom, you know, he's a product of the Getty family. Yeah. He's just a globalist piece of wretched filth. Ugh. Yeah. Look, look, this is what we're going to get. If Biden wins, if he won't win, but if they steal it for Biden somehow on Tuesday, the whole country turns into California. And, you know, the whole country turns into what we're seeing now in Europe, you know, in New Zealand with the lockdowns, Australia with the lockdowns. The whole country goes that way. Yeah. Who people, wants? Nobody wants it. Th that's why California's biggest export now are businesses, jobs, and people. You know, they're all even. Why? Because that's yeah. not what people want. You know, and if you look at Newsom and his crazy stuff that he's been doing lately, what is it, AB 145, where you could have like a 10-year gap. So like an 18-year-old could be with an 8-year-old. 
Like you, you can't make oh, this stuff up. People in prisons, right? So he releases like 18,000 criminals. Then you got people in prison. If they now sexually identify as, say, a, a woman and they're in a male prison, now they could go to a female prison. This is all the stuff that he's putting out there. The craziness like with Thanksgiving, you have to like – I don't know. You have to wear like a mask when you eat. You have to eat outside. You can't be outside for more than two hours. Only like you can only go inside to use a bathroom. <laughs> you know, it's like you can't sing above, you know, they they suggest you don't sing or chant or do any of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, louder than I'm talking right now. It's highly discouraged. I mean, it's just craziness, the stuff that this guy is doing. And uh, that's one of the reasons why they're taking him to court there in Sutter. But we still haven't seen what's going to happen there. But I just hope to God all this insanity ends um, and Trump is able to start. Uh, draining the swamp because nobody wants California. Nobody wants New York. People that live there, they've had enough. They've seen this. People watching this stuff on TV, they're like, man, I don't want that. And that's why you've seen this. They call it the silent majority. You know, these, you know, 50,000, 58,000 people showing up at Trump rallies. They don't want that stuff either. And so there is absolutely no way on this planet that uh, Trump loses on Tuesday. I think he's already got like 40-something states. And, you know, it's the uh, Electoral College, you know, that uh, picks the president and vice president. So hopefully on Tuesday uh, we'll stick to the Constitution there and uh, we'll have a, a great uh, a great Tuesday. And then we're just going to have some crazy craziness going on for maybe a few weeks while we're waiting for California and other places to count votes, unless we can get in front of the Supreme Court and um, you know have that have that overhauled and fixed, or just you know stick to the Constitution on Election Day. You pick your winners. Period. There is no counting ballots the next day, so maybe that'll happen too. What, what's your thoughts on you know them revisiting the the uh, the Supreme Court revisiting you know the uh, the election um, you know results and, and uh, the amount of days that they're going to have to count ballots and maybe just making it on Election Day. Do you think that could happen in the next you know couple days, week? What do you think? You know, I'm not a legal expert in that area, so I wouldn't even pretend to know what the process would be or will be. But, you know, I'll say this. I think, you know, from what I'm hearing from, you know, actual pundits with feet on the ground uh, in uh, these um, in-play states, the swing states, you know, in Minnesota, um, in uh, Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, um, just look at what we're seeing on Twitter. I mean, the crowds, the energy, it's epic. It's a huge red wave. And so I think if we have, look, I didn't think there was going to be, an, I, look, I thought Trump could win in 2016, but I thought that they would steal it for Hillary. So if we can have another election that has some sense of fairness to it, like we did then, I think Trump is going to win the electoral vote by a landslide. Yes. Now, I don't know he's what already the won. Will, he's but, already won. Yeah, it's over. I mean, it's over. He's yeah, already well, got like forty states. See, so. that's that's my feeling, and I've been reading. I've been reading similar things. So I, I don't know that it matters that California, if they want to count for seventeen days, yes, it's going to hurt other candidates yes, that are that's, running. That's yes. that's what but, I'm talking you know, about. You know, I'm writing California off right now, but ironically, the president's not. He's like, we just might win California too, because this red wave is real, yeah. man. It's a and, tsunami. You know, these freaking liberals. They've done themselves no favor with this totalitarian tiptoe and the COVID hoax. They've done themselves nothing but harm. I mean, honest to God, compare and contrast um, Cuomo and Newsom. Oh, and that that Hitler Nazi female um, Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. Compare and contrast them in Pritzker in Illinois with um, South Dakota. Yeah. uh, Christy Noam. I mean, not only is she the most attractive governor I've ever seen in my life, (laughs) she's attractive on the inside, too, man. She's a patriot. She Freedom. actually cares about her people. She never locked anything down, never not once. And she still takes heat for it. Yeah. Even though South Dakota's doing great. 
So what do we want? I think we know what people want. I mean, look at the 96 mile, you know, lines of cars. We know what we want. Now we just got to give. We got to take. Got to take our country back. Yeah. Well, I definitely think he wins in a landslide Tuesday. I don't think California matters for him or any of these other swing states. I think he's going to have enough, you know, electoral votes that he's going to have. I think I made a bet. I think it was like 335. I thought that he would have it a minimum. So, and it may take a while to get there, but I think he wins by the 270 easy um, on Tuesday. And back in 2016, when I told people that Trump was going to win, they thought it was crazy. They all made fun of me. Nobody believed me. And then when he won, I just put that uh, little bobblehead of Trump where he's got his two middle fingers out. And that's all I posted that and told you so. And so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny. the same thing that's going to happen Tuesday. He's going to win in a landslide. It's going to be incredible, but you know, it's not going to stop there. We're still going to be counting, counting stuff in other states, which hurts, you know, the Joes and hurts the Tonys of, of California. And, you know, like even Nevada is a mess with all their, their mail out ballots. It's uh it's it's craziness, man. It's crazy all this stuff going on, but he's still going to win in a landslide. Uh, Let me ask you this: so, if we predict liberal tears on, uh, you know, <laughs> what would it be Wednesday? In the that's the tsunami. The that's the wave. <laughs> it's yeah, all their so tears. <laughs> if that's the case, um, do you foresee? Because look, I've been asked this question: um, Do you think if Trump loses, there will be violence in the streets? I said, yeah, probably by the left. I mean, they'll still riot and burn shit down, uh, but not by anybody on, on our side because we don't espouse violence. We're not violent people, and uh, you know, maybe we've uh, remained peaceful to a fault. Um, I would say this: if they steal it for Biden, and there's evidence that they did that, then there's going to be a great deal of resistance to allowing that man. Uh, you know, to take office. But I do predict the other way around, if and when Trump wins in a landslide, or even if it's a slight, you know, a narrow victory, I think there's going to be violence in the streets by these same groups that have been burning down Portland and Seattle and Kenosha. What are your thoughts? I think that those people are super disconnected. I think that, um, I think a lot of that is funded by Probably a handful of people that aren't, you know, that, yeah. you know, want, want craziness in the streets. But when you yeah, look the at the same like, guy, by the way, that funds Media Matters. Yeah, exactly. But when you look at what they do, they're not really coordinating in a way that makes a lot of sense because they end up eating their own as well. Even the people that are protecting them and allowing them to do the things that they do, even like the mayor there in Portland, right? What do they do? They go and attack the guy that's allowing them to do this stuff. It doesn't make sense when you see all these riots and all the stuff that they're doing, you know, especially when just the average person, anybody with an IQ over about a kindergartner realizes that this is not the America that they want. And they realize this is something that they're going to do to avoid it pretty much all costs. When you look at New York and you look at uh, Washington, D.C., they're saying that most all the buildings are all boarded up because why? They're anticipating a Trump victory. So if this is really the, you know, like, when you look at Trump supporters, you know, they're peaceful. You know, they love their country. You know, they're not out there, you know, burning down buildings. It's the other side. And so you can see through all these rallies and you can see through this red tsunami that's coming that the majority of people don't want that stuff. And so this small segment, these paid operatives, these people that are doing this damage, you know, I think they're going to kick and scream for, you know, a few weeks or something like that. But this, I think this is all going to end up going away, um, especially when Trump, you know, wins. And I think that he's not going to be quite as nice uh, once he wins. 
Indians, and he's going to uh, start deploying the National Guard to really, you know, wipe this stuff out because people don't want, you know, violence in the streets. You know, Trump supporters aren't aren't the ones out there doing this stuff. It's this, this crazy far left. Um, you know, I think they're paid operatives. Honestly, I think when you look at like eighteen thousand, you know, inmates that were released in California, then you see some of these people that are being arrested for fires. You see some of these people that are being arrested for, you know, some of the, the riots and things like that. It's like, where are these people coming from? You know what I mean? So I really don't, when you see all these screaming Karens and stuff like that, you really don't see them out there, you know, burning down buildings. Um, it's, it's something, it's something more sinister. It's something, it's something worse. So there's definitely a huge population. I think 80% that just, you know, want our country and they just want to be left alone. They want a normal life. And then there's 20% that are somewhere between the Bernies. And then like this 1%, I think that's like these, these tyrannical terrorist types. And I, I think all that stuff's going to come to an end here pretty soon. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, it is all fostered, you know, and paid for and, you know, bust in most of these people. I think I saw something uh, yesterday, maybe it was earlier today, that said uh, 50% of those arrested in, was it Portland or Seattle, were white and didn't come from that city. Yeah. They're being so. shipped in. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them being shipped in, man. And they're paid, you know, and some of these people like you saw where there was uh, riots in Portland and then that stopped for like a, a day or so when they went to D.C. They were flown out. They were bussed in, um, you know, when uh, when Trump had his speech there and uh, where he was doing his, uh, you know, was doing all his rallies of sorts. And there was all kinds of uh, everybody from um you know, saying like Rand Paul, all these guys that were trying to leave and they were being attacked by the same people that were in Portland the day before. So you can see that uh, there's these, even when you look globally, right? When you look globally, you can see these lines of buses that are uh, protesters that are being sent into different cities to cause chaos and, and turmoil and all kinds of weird stuff. These aren't like the citizens going out and doing this stuff. You, you might find a few of the people that live in that area that are maybe just going out there to grab a plasma screen. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, hey, these, uh, these crazy people are back. They're out there uh, looting and you know, burning stuff down. Let's uh, go fill up the car really quick because, you know, I don't like for some of these, um, I guess I don't want to get too, too into it, but when you look at the people that they're fighting for, when you look at these career criminals that, you know, are attacking police officers with a knife or something like that, do you really think that the majority or, you know, a big segment of the population is going to go out there and really be in defense of some career criminal that's either trying to kill a woman or kill a cop or something like that and, you know, burn down buildings? Or do you think there's something, you know, deeper, more sinister at play or some agenda, a global agenda trying to create chaos and fear in, in people. And I think that's more of what it is. I don't think it's the, the locals going out and protesting for the, for the death of some career criminal. I think it's um, operatives that are being deployed, paid to go in and just create chaos and mayhem. And, and I think uh, people are smart enough to realize that that's not what they want. And uh, they're going to do anything that they can, you know, to uh, keep that from hitting their streets. And most people, I believe, are going to show up uh, before Tuesday and on Tuesday and cast, you know, their vote, you know, for Trump to keep that from happening. And I think that everything that these guys have been doing um, to create all this chaos, it just all it did was burn down everything that they were trying to build. Like whatever they were trying to get, uh, I think it's just going to, you know, blow up in their face because all it did was just turn the light on them. And you know, so we saw who they really are. We see who their agendas are. Trump has allowed this to happen uh, to an extent where we can see now the governors that, you know, are these dictators. We can see now these people that support or don't condemn groups like Antifa. They've, they've, 
put the spotlight on themselves. And so now we know who they are. We see them for who they really are. And I think there's going to be a reckoning and it's going to be through votes. And um, I think it's going to be an epic next four years for sure. I don't disagree, man. I think that they alienated the entire country with what they've done. And uh, they've alienated their own citizens. Um, I, I just, it, it would be hard to imagine living in a place like California or New York City or Chicago um, or in Detroit or wherever you're ruled by one of these tyrants and uh, not wanting to recall them or impeach them. It's hard for me to imagine why anybody would ever vote for another Democrat after what they've done. So you're right. I, you know, I've said for a long time, Robert, this great awakening is real and uh, it's been accelerated by this, uh, well, I don't have to get into it, but sure. what I would call a hoax to a large degree, a hoax. I mean, look what they're using it for in Europe. They're just locking everything down again. And if people want that here, then vote for Biden. And if they don't want that here, vote for Trump. Because he said explicitly in all his recent speeches, we're not going there again. We're yep. not locking it down again. So I just appreciate him. I think he's a stand-up guy as far as I can tell. And uh, he speaks truth. Uh, whereas Biden can literally only lie. Yeah. I mean, today he was in Philadelphia and he said, look at my Philly, uh, Philadelphia Eagles jacket. And it was the something hens. It wasn't even the, he didn't even have an NFL jacket on. I mean, the guy, it's, it's in his DNA. He's been lying for 40 plus years. It's just, he can't help himself. That's why I call him like Joe Hillary. Biden. He's like Hillary. Yeah. yeah. Hillary, Obama, they're all cut from the same cloth. Yeah, they're all. Well, look, man. I, Go ahead. I, I, and I really think that uh, that laptop is going to prove that they're all actually in bed together. I think that uh, that's one of the reasons why this has been suppressed since 2019 or even longer, because I think, you know, there's just damning evidence in there from all the top intelligence agencies to the Clinton Foundation, to Clinton, to Obama, to the Bidens, to to so many people, Republicans, too. I bet you there's a whole crap ton of dirty Republicans all mixed up in this as well. And uh, they're just doing everything they can right now to suppress it. But I think it's going to come out. And I think, uh, like I said, the next four years, I think, are going to be uh, pretty freaking epic. Um, I had mentioned uh, to people earlier that um, you know, normally we, we take some questions you know, from the fam in the chat. Um, are you cool with um, you know, fielding a few questions uh, from, from some of the fam there in the chat? Yeah, let's let's go like another ten. Okay, um, yeah, I know you wanted to get out of here in an hour or so, or forty five minutes. No, to no, an hour, it's, so. it's all good. It's just I'm coming up on something here in the evening that gotcha. uh, my wife wanted to do. But let me ask you this, or at least point this out. One last thing for people: Can you imagine how evil the plan is for this country if the intelligence look fifty former intelligence people signed a letter saying that the Hunter Biden laptop looks like classic Russian interference. I mean, total nonsense. We know that it's total nonsense. But if the intelligence agencies to a large degree, because Gina Haspel, right, he won't, she won't declassify the Russiagate documents right. that Trump has said, release everything, and she won't do it. So if they hate Trump so much, and if the intelligence apparatus and the mainstream mockingbird horror media and the Democrat Party are all working in tandem to try to get Biden in office when they know he's beholden to China. Can you imagine how evil the plans are for this country? 100 percent. People with that. But they did us the greatest favor in all of this. They actually put their names down on paper so we know who these corrupt individuals are on top of everything else. So they've exposed themselves because they realize that um, if Trump's reelected, second term, they burn. So, yeah. um, so now we know. 
we, we absolutely know some of these more deep state actors, some of these people that have been working against American people, some of these, you know, they're Chinese operatives or whatever you want to call them, these bad people. Now we know exactly who a, a large uh, group of these people are. So it's going to be pretty incredible. Um, for, for people there in the chat, what's up, fam? Um, if you would, just do the at Crypto Beatles so that way it turns red so I can see it. And just um, whatever question you've got here for Sean, we got to get him out of here pretty quick. So hit me up with uh, any questions here. So that way Sean can answer. Just do the at Crypto Beatles so it turns red if you have a question. If you're just going to comment, it may, just comment. It may, cool. it may be nobody does, but uh, I got a question for you. Where do you see Bitcoin going? Are you on board with the Max Kaiser prediction of you know half a million dollar Bitcoin or the Raul Paul prediction of a million dollar Bitcoin? Where do you think Bitcoin could go over the next three to five years? Or even one year. What do you think it could be in a year? So, actually, I, I have a bet um, with, with Jordan Belfort, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street. So, it looks like he's going to owe me a, a couple of Bitcoin probably. <laughs> but, uh, really? um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that never really tries to hype up uh, crypto because a lot of people get wrecked. You know, they really do. Um, they've mm -hmm. lost a lot of money in crypto. Um, but I, I think Bitcoin will be worth more money in the future than it is today simply because it is its own asset class, simply because our monetary supply has been basically increased by 30%. So whether you have a Ford Pinto or a nice house or a Bitcoin or, you know, stocks or whatever, you should see, um, you know, your, the, the price go up. Maybe not necessarily the value, but just because of the, the printing of money, these assets across all fields, gold, silver, all of it, palladium, platinum, all of it should go up just because of the printing of money, because now there's more money in the supply. Um, Bitcoin does serve a purpose. It is not the digital currency that everybody thinks that it is, like using it for buying bubble gum or gas. It is, um, it's, it's something that's been being used for, um, it's kind of like a, it's like digital gold. You know, they, they're storing it, they speculate with it, they're trading it. They've treated it more like a stock, like a bond, something like that, than, than a digital currency. Because there's so many other currencies out there digitally um, that are cheaper and faster to use, uh, where Bitcoin can get very, very expensive to use as a currency when lots of people start using it. You know, it can cost, it can cost an exchange, you know, millions of dollars, you know, a month just in transaction fees. You know, it's, it's crazy how expensive it can be to use if lots of people are using it. So there's lots of better cryptos out there if they're trying to just um, use it as a replacement um, for a currency, you know, like for a paper currency or something like that. And you're going to see every government have their own cryptocurrency like you see in China, like you'll see in the US. Uh, but Bitcoin, I think of it more as a stock. And I think it'll be worth, I think it'll be higher in value, higher in price in the future than it is today. Uh, but there's ups and downs with anything. And but overall, I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be worth more uh, in the future. I know that's not what you probably wanted to hear, but <laughs> no, I agree. No, I don't care. I mean, it's just, I agree. It's hundred percent. I think it's going to go higher, and I don't, I don't, I don't put a price on it. But I'll tell you this: the reason that uh, uh, I've been able to, you know, amass any wealth at all in Bitcoin is because I've never sold a single crypto. I've only been a hodler and an accumulator for the past. Boy, I think I started in what two thousand. 16 maybe when bitcoin was between three and 600 you're doing great uh, yeah i'm just I, I will not it doesn't matter i mean i've taken it to 20 i've ridden it back down to three grand and i just knew that i i, I can't trade it if i want to ever get you know build wealth with it i just got to hang on to it so that would be my advice to folks i saw a couple questions come in and one of them's from don do you think uh, that antifa will storm the white house <laughs> 
look, if anybody tries to storm the White House, they're going to get a hail of bullets through, through the noggin. That would be a very bad idea. Um, and then this one, did you see this one, uh, Robert, from Bill Hilly? Do you know the head of government affairs at AstraZeneca in Australia used to work for the Australian Liberal Party? AstraZeneca is making the vaccine in Australia. Um, yeah, I have very real concerns about the vaccine. And if there's one uh, issue I take with the president, and I wonder if he's not just paying lip service, um, I hope, to Big Pharma, is that he always proudly talks about a vaccine coming and the military will distribute the vaccine. Uh, I am not on board for any vaccine at all, Robert. And uh, God forbid if they try to mandate it to the American people, uh, I think that would be disastrous. And I just want to tease an interview that I have coming up. It'll post Monday night um, with Hope and Tivan, their researchers out of Morocco. And uh, it's one of the most startling interviews I've ever done. It's not, it's not great news. I mean, it ties in the whole COVID plan, um, hydrogels, the vaccine, um, using the military dis to distribute the vaccine. I mean, it's very, 5G, it's very, very, very scary stuff. Very scary stuff. And uh, I mean, but we have to consider, you know, the more nefarious side of some of this stuff, the possibilities of it. Uh, we have to at least consider it if we ever want to defend against it, should the plot be as nefarious as the as the picture they paint. Um, so I'll be posting that everywhere, not just as an exclusive. So if people want to subscribe to my BitChute channel, it's BitChute slash SGT Report. Please do that. I'm going to post that tomorrow night, and it's uh, definitely must-hear information. Yeah, there, there's a lot of uh, a lot of truth there for sure. But one of the things Trump, you know, if you go back to like 2012, he was he was basically anti-vaccine. Um, me personally, when I was a child, um, I received vaccines. I spent the first eight years of my life in and out of hospitals. I had like a, over a thousand seizures, turned my teeth yellow, crazy stuff. Then um, I stopped with all the the vaccines, got older, uh, and it, the the symptoms and all the craziness that I had, you know, seemed to go away. I've have uh, friends, their kids were uh, incredible. Then they got uh, a vaccine, and they're not the same people anymore. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of scary stuff out there, um, and you can pretty much see that it, you know, like somebody goes in for a shot, they're one way, then they come out and they're a completely different person. There's something, there's something there for sure. And one of the things that Trump always says is he thinks that therapeutics are better, but there's a big segment of the population that uh, want a vaccine. So he's trying to appease them, but he's also knocking it as he's going along too. I don't know if you see that or not. He keeps saying it'll be a couple weeks out, it'll be safe, things like that. You see these other trials through these other companies where people get hurt and they're no longer in the running for for a vaccine. So it's possible it may be safe. Maybe. I still won't take it, but or any of my family. But um, I think that he's really pushing the therapeutics. Um, and that's what he, like, like I said in the beginning of the interview, he's one of those guys that you have to read what he says between the lines a little bit. It's some of his suggestions. He doesn't come out and say things. He just kind of alludes to it. And he always says that, you know, he thinks the therapeutics are better. And so that's what they've really been working on. Um, Light Queen Lisa, what is up? She says, um, let's see here, Sean, what if Trump announces an emancipation proclamation from the elite banks? What do you think about that? Um, well, I mean, that would be fantastic. I'm not exactly sure what's lining up, um, but... Uh, Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, keeps talking about the big reset, and uh, 
the big reset as he and his banking buddies, the elite see it, is not good for we the people. It would be just horrible. And I think they're going to try to roll that out in Europe. Um, I'm hearing talk uh, that in Canada, um, we don't even have to get into this, but I'll just say that, uh, you know what, if they ever come to you and say, good news, we're having a debt jubilee and there's going to be debt forgiveness for everybody, read the fine line, read the fine print, uh, because... My gut feeling, and I think what I've heard a little bit of, is that uh, if you get to write off your mortgage and your car loans and all your debt, uh, and you're debt-free, the exchange for that is you will never get to own private property again, and you'll essentially be their slave, and you're going to have to take their vaccines, and you will lose all of your freedoms as a sovereign, you know, individual who, whose rights were given to them by God. So I'd say uh, read the fine print. Uh, and by the way, I think if Biden gets in, that probably is coming here. You know, it'd be an IMF-backed plan. Um, to sell your soul. Sell your soul for debt forgiveness. So, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know for sure if that's coming. But, yeah, I mean, I would love to see Trump figure out a way to just write off the Federal Reserve entirely and, uh, you know, give us a fresh start with, a you know, a new gold-backed currency, maybe. I'm not sure. It gets complicated with all these baskets of currencies around the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's already moved to get rid of the Fed. I mean, I could talk about this for about a half hour. I know you're impressed for time, but in in a nutshell, I mean, you look at Powell, he says that he works for Mnuchin. Mnuchin works for Trump. So you basically got the Fed that has been moved into the Treasury. You have like uh, BlackRock, Blackwater. Yeah. They're uh, buying the SPVs, uh, special purpose vehicles. They're buying up all the assets, putting them in the Treasury. You have Trump, who is the bankruptcy master of the world. basically putting all the assets with the treasury for the people, and then he's putting all the debt with the Fed. Guess who gets bankrupt? Guess what ends up happening? The people end up with the assets. There's a new currency. It's maybe going to be something, you know, asset-backed. You know, it could be gold, silver, properties, bonds, uh, real estate. Who, who knows what it could be? But I think that's going to happen over the next, you know, couple, two, four years, something like that. Um, lots of love in the chat. Love you back. Um, let's see here. Uh, where, uh, so the trial. So Tam, uh, the trial. We'll put the link as soon as uh, Sean's done. He'll 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 send me um, all the links, and I'll put them in the pinned comments so everybody can find uh, Sean, all of his shows, where to contribute uh, to the crowd fund, um, how to contribute and to donate to Sean, how to watch or at least listen to the hearing tomorrow. Uh, so that'll be in the pinned comment below. Uh, Jay, it says, couldn't we build our own Patreon? We could, but, you know, there's there's so many other things out there um, that hopefully... Well, I, I do have a question about that, though. That, I thank you, whoever asked that, because, I mean, honestly, man, that was my lifeline. I built that over three and a half years with personal relationships that I was very careful to maintain. I cared about those people. They were the most important people to me because they were standing in the gap. So you could have 600,000 subscribers, but a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent were willing to actually pitch in a few bucks a month to try to help support the, you know, the work. And Patreon severed that relationship. Completely criminal conduct, tortious interference. I wish I could sue them. Jack Conti should be ashamed of himself. But beyond that, I tried to open a subscribe, uh, Subscribestar account, and it's been pending. Here, I'll do a screen share. It's unbelievable. I just, I mean, you think that this isn't an absolute plot to destroy everybody who speaks truth? This is a week and a half ago. Well, no, it would be, it was seven days on Friday. Today's Sunday. So nine days ago. I tried to open a Subscribestar account, and it says your, pri- your profile is under review. Hmm. So I can't get anybody to join my Subscribestar because these people won't approve my account. So my question is, does anybody know of any other platforms out there, or is there only Patreon and Subscribestar? 
So one of the things that I've been a proponent of for a long time, if if we wanted to create our own thing, we would use decentralized blockchain to where, think about it this way, if all of your, your family, your subscribers, whenever they subscribe to you, you'd be able to own and manage that that content, that data, and you'd be able to take it to any other platform that you want. You could do that through blockchain. You can also use cryptocurrencies. But in the meantime, before something like that is built, and I've been an advocate of this for two, three, four years, um, you know, what you could do is, like you're doing now, is you have your own website, right? So you just, you broadcast from your website, you make sure that you're using servers that um, are not going to be like AWS. If you want offline, I can send you a link to some great places that uh, you don't ever have to worry about your stuff going yeah, no, I'm not. SGT Report is not with AWS, and yeah. uh, we're with a really good company. I've got a really great webmaster, and then my SGTReport.tv server, that's its own thing as well. Yeah, and then, you know, we've got our, our boy, our, our good friend, uh, Andrew Torbo with Gab TV. That'll be another thing that hopefully will be, uh, you know, alive and well here pretty soon, and he's pro-crypto, pro-blockchain. Maybe there'll be a way there that um, what you do is you, you find a platform that already has pretty good traction, and then you maybe implement some of the things that you want done to it. You work in conjunction with the founder there to add cool things to where you don't have to worry about them going the way um, of YouTube. Um, but it is difficult because whenever you have a founder or a CEO of a platform, they can always go the way of Jack, both Jacks, right? So that's why I really like decentralized blockchain for this aspect, but being able just just for the data just for the data, being able to plug it into a centralized service like YouTube or like any of these other platforms, but you could always just take your people with you no matter where you go and right. just plug in APIs, have all kinds of things that would make it you know, fairly easy to do. I've been talking about it for years. I can't believe nobody's done it yet, but um, that would be great because then it could give you everything that you're asking for and you could take it anywhere you want and deploy it on any platform. Well, yeah, that would be cool. I, um, I lost my train of thought there just for a second because I was thinking about Patreon, and um, thankfully, one thing they did do is they provided me when I demanded it um, with the emails to my 1,400 people. So at least I have those. But right. of course, since Mailchimp <laughs> terminated my account, I, right now I can't reach out to anybody on my email list. So we're trying to figure out which uh, platform to use for that here. Offline, I'll, I'll I'll hook you up with a couple, so we know a couple great ones. Especially because okay. I've been through a lot of this stuff that you're dealing with right now because of crypto. So crypto was, you know, the first ones in their crosshairs, you know, back, you know, a year ago or whatnot. And uh, now it's pretty much um, any kind of alternative uh, news to whatever the uh, mainstream talking points are. So I've got a well, lot of me, this stuff. Yeah. Okay, cool. I want to hear what you're, what you're thinking because um, just a couple of things. Here's what's so amazing about this tech, big tech collusion. They hate us so much and they hate our free speech and the, our political views so much that they are hurting their own companies. So in the case of MailChimp, this is a screen share I intended to do earlier and I didn't do it. Let me just show you. I mentioned uh, the zero hedge piece. So MailChimp now openly saying it'll deactivate accounts sending false, inaccurate or misleading emails. Okay, who in the hell are they to a judge who? Who's the judge and jury at MailChimp that has the ability, the you know all-knowing, prescient, omnipotent ability to identify what is inaccurate or misleading? Okay, we all know that that's their talking point. But I was paying those a-holes north of 150 bucks a month to maintain my email list. I mean, that's a lot of money to me. And they terminate my account, thereby losing that money I was paying them do, with their shareholders like that. And same with Patreon, same thing. They were taking a cut of every you know dollar that people were pledging in support. 
I think yeah. around eight to ten percent. So then when they purge those accounts, they hurt themselves and their bottom line. Would their shareholders approve of that? I mean, these companies are out of control. Yeah, I mean, look at Twitter. They were down like 21%. But I think the big reason behind that is these people are guilty as hell. And they realize that they, <laughs> they're they not going to just, you know, a couple of days before the election stop doing what they're doing. They're trying to do everything they possibly can to make sure that Biden gets in because they feel that if he gets in, if their people get in, this stuff will get swept under the rug and, you know, they can keep on doing whatever they were doing. That's not going to work. Too many people have been enlightened. Too many people have seen what's going on. And so that's why I always say second term they burn. I think that's when Trump goes after, you know, the mainstream media, when he goes after social media platforms. I think he wins in a landslide. Um, like I said, there's going to be some pain. You know, it sucks. Like right now, you don't have your channel. It's horrible. They've gone after your wallet. That's awful. You you know, you got, probably have a family to feed. You've got a livelihood, and they're hitting you right in the wallet. And that's, that's horrible. Um, and so it's going to suck. There's that period of pain between now and then when this stuff gets fixed. And I do believe it is going to be fixed. I do believe we're going to have a, a fair and free press. And if you go back and you look at Donald Trump, all of his previous books, I've said this before in a couple other streams, but he's got a game plan. Like if you look at Time to Get Tough, Make America Great, one of his books, literally we're about three quarters of the way through the book. He's done like everything that he said he would do through the book. If given the opportunity to fix America, this is how he would do it. And we're about three quarters of the way through the book. And I tell you, at the end of the book, it's pretty freaking epic. So that's where we're headed over the next four years. And I, I feel that there's, you know, it sucks right now where we're at, but you know, it's, it's going to get great. I think I think he's really going to do what he's always said, make America great again. And you can go back and read his books. And uh, he's been on message and on point for decades. And uh, I think everything that uh, you've seen him do over three and a half years is, you know, just kind of the beginning to where we're going to end up in, in four. It's going to, we're going to have our country back, I believe, and as well as our press. And these people, they're not going to be able to keep, you know, censoring and silencing people like they are right now. And I think next couple of days, they're going to be all in because <laughs> they don't want to, they don't want to have to uh, pay for what they've been doing. And they know what they've been doing is illegal. So, right. Yeah, crimes against humanity in many yeah. cases. Election interference, too. All kinds of stuff. Well, it's treason. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah, It's felony after felony after felony. Yeah. And, yeah, many of them are actually involved in treason. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Um, let's see here. Uh, this, is, um, this is Mr. Bill uh, Hilly. Is this one that you already read? Uh, this is uh, the Australian government. I did government. read one from him. Yeah, this is the Australian government as an omnibus bill yeah. before parliament. Yeah, I think we covered that. Okay, cover that one. All right. Well, it was, his question was about vaccines. Gotcha. AstraZeneca. Yeah. Then he was, I think, also talking about the White House with Antifa. But uh, oh. um, do you want to answer a couple more, or um, I, I know you've got uh, stuff to do. Well, yeah. You know what? And I don't want to bore the audience. I mean, look, I'm just one guy who was digitally assassinated by tech tyrants. But I just want people to be aware that. Uh, you know, we've talked about this. I mean, it's that old saying, you know, first they came for this group, then they came for that group, and I said nothing. Then they came for that group, and I said nothing. Then they came for me, and there's nobody left to speak out. And, I mean, it, what they're doing is so criminal and injurious. I mean, the injury, the financial harm and damage they've done to me is absolutely quantifiable, and uh, I would love the opportunity. If we win... Uh, in this court suit, our attorney says there may be a stage where we can then sue them for damages, the damages that are quantifiable. So fingers crossed. But yeah, guys, let's stick together, stand together. I mean, you know, one of the uh, Q sayings is uh, where we go, one, we go all. And I mean, 
That's a little trite because, like I said to you, Robert, you know, when I got taken down, I haven't heard from everybody who could, you know, help me out by bringing me on their show. <laughs> In fact, I haven't heard by that from that many. I've gotten some nice emails. But, uh, you know, a lot of people don't want to get too directly involved in this fight because Google and YouTube scares the crap out of them. Right. And they don't want to lose their platforms. I get it. Um, but, look, at least as it pertains to this lawsuit, those of us that are in the arena, those of us that are in the fight with Google and YouTube, if you want to stand with us, um, yes, I will send the GoFundMe link to uh, Robert. And what I want people to understand is when you go there, here, here's this gets a little complicated. So the original GoFundMe was set up with a $130,000 goal. And that's because, and right now we've reached that. I think we're at like $135,000. So here's the reason, though. That's just for this initial... Um, lawsuit, the initial portion, the hearing, you know, the prepping, the attorneys, getting this all ready, going to court uh, on Monday. And so then if we have to go to the Ninth Circuit, I think there's going to be a new GoFundMe. So if people want to continue to pitch into the one that exists, please do. Don't just stop because we've passed the $130,000 goal. So I just wanted to provide that background. Um, but the other way to stand with us is to be on that Zoom call tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and send a message to that judge in federal district court that this case is important to you, free speech is important to you, and uh, we're not going to just roll over and let Google and YouTube and Facebook and Twitter continue to get away with this madness. Okay, we're not we're not going to allow it. So stand with us and just you know jump on that Zoom call tomorrow. I'd recommend everybody try to get on five ten minutes early uh, because I don't know if there will be tech issues or not. So I think you but guys are going to crash it. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, and thanks for having me on, man, and, and letting me just let people know about sgtreport.tv because honestly, that's sort of my last line of defense right now. It's three ninety nine a month, and you get all all of the exclusives, everything I post and upload, all of the interviews, everything goes to that site, and it's got its own dedicated server outside of the reach of uh, big tech censorship. So that's the good news. So I can say anything I want now, too. I don't have to temper my speech. Right. Because to some degree, you still had to do that. You have to do it right now. Sure. There's certain things you can't say on YouTube. 100%. Or the AI will come and get you. Yeah, like 90% of the stuff we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, man. Well, good on you. Thanks for having me on, Robert. Always. Yeah, I'll make sure that I get all the links up there in the pinned comment for people as soon as you send them to me. So probably another five, ten minutes, peeps, and it'll be there in the pinned comments so that way you can keep track of Sean. Plus the link for the hearing tomorrow. Everybody that showed up, love you. God bless you. Appreciate every single one of you. Uh, things are definitely going to get better. It's just, uh, you know, going to have to wait till maybe be on Tuesday. But I think on Tuesday, Trump wins in a huge landslide, and uh, America will be great again. So God bless you all. Love you all. Thanks for popping by. And uh, look for the links. They'll be coming soon. Thanks, Sean. Take care. God bless. Thanks, Robert. God bless. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey, peeps. Just a friendly reminder. Crypto Beatles shows are never financial advice, recommendations, or trading strategies. The views expressed here are solely that of Robert Beatles and his guests. Robert Beatles is the co-founder of the Monarch Wallet, host of Trading New Sessions, Crypto Beatles on YouTube, and on several entities. Robert's opinions here do not reflect that of those entities. Some information shared here may not actually be factual. These shows are for information and entertainment purposes only. Never invest a single Satoshi or penny 
money in anything without first seeking the counsel and advice of a professional financial advisor. Robert Beatles is not a financial expert or advisor. Investing in anything is super dangerous. You can lose all of your money, so always trade at your own risk. Please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the family. God bless you. Love you. And I'll catch you on the next one. 